Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Latasha James, and we're going to explore video content strategy, how to go from longer form content into shorter form social video. I think you're going to find this very interesting. By the way, I am at Stelzner on Instagram. And if you're a regular listener to this podcast, would you let your friends know about this show? And if you're new, be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss any of our future content. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Latasha James. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Latasha James. And if you don't know who Latasha is, she's a video strategist and online educator who helps marketers generate more leads and sales. Her course is Video Lab, and she's host of the Freelance Friday podcast. Latasha, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Big fan of the show. So really excited to be here. Awesome. Well, today we're going to talk about video content strategy for business. And before we get into that, I would love to hear your story. How did you get into social? And ultimately, how did you get into video? Start wherever you want to start. Sure. Yeah. I mean, long story short is I've always just really loved the internet. I was always a really shy, very introverted person, never had a ton of friends. And so when I got my first computer, when I was probably in eighth grade or so, I just felt like I had found my people. I discovered message boards and Zanga and MySpace and it was just such a cool experience seeing all of the communities that were built up and really kind of finding my voice as a writer and creator even way back then. So always had a big passion for it. I actually went to school for video. There's not really a social media degree. So I knew that I really enjoyed creating videos and the more visual aspect of the internet. So I went to school for that. And while I was in school, I started freelancing just kind of on the side. I was, you know, working retail or, or, you know, various college type jobs at the time and saw a post actually on LinkedIn looking for a freelance writer, like a blogger for this education website. And I had always had my own personal blog and I was like, let me just see if I can get it and ended up getting it. It was a $20 a blog post gig. So very much, you know, starting from the bottom, just sort of started freelancing there. And over time, it grew. It was like, okay, I'm actually making a real income freelancing on the side if I scaled this. Was this while you were in college, just out of curiosity? Yep. What year was this? How far back are we talking just to give people context? I would say it was about 2012, 2013, that era. Okay, cool. So you're making some money blogging a little bit, not a lot, but keep going with the story. 
yeah, making a little bit of money blogging, graduated college and was still freelancing. At that point, it had kind of turned more to the social side. So I was doing a lot of social media copywriting, doing a little bit of social media management, things like that. And yeah, it was at the point where I had to sort of make a decision. Do I want to get a real job or keep freelancing? And I did both. I ended up getting an entry-level marketing job at a Fortune 500 company, did that for a few years, went on to a different staffing company, worked in their corporate marketing department. And then I was always kind of side hustling. So a few years into that is when I went full-time with my business. So was it the writing side of the business that took off, not the video? Were we talking like a film major when you say video? Is that what you were involved with production and that kind of stuff? Yep. Yep. It's a film and video degree. So we learn all aspects of production. And to answer your question, I mean, that's where I started was the writing side of it. I think I've always been a writer to some degree. So that's where where I got started. But what really took me to being a full-time entrepreneur was more on the video side. So writing was kind of my foot in the door. And then as I grew my business, I started to realize, you know, social media is moving very much towards video. It's not to say that the written word is not still important, but all of these platforms are video platforms now. So I really specialized in creating social first videos for my clients. So what year did you start that business approximately and what kind of videos were you creating in the beginning and then maybe take us up towards the present? Yeah, I would say getting really serious about freelancing and that side of the business was around 2016. Okay. 2016, 2017. And the types of videos I was creating, I mean, at that point, a lot of it was like Facebook ad content. So kind of that UGC style content. Right webinar content, helping repurpose some of that stuff, debt product demos. I actually, I work with a lot of SaaS companies, tech companies where we'll do short explainer videos and tutorials and things like that. A little bit of everything. So bring us up to kind of what you're doing today, specifically with your business and maybe tell us about your course and all that kind of fun stuff, just so people have a little bit of more insight into what you're specializing in now. Absolutely. Yeah. So You know, I've always been documenting this journey. That's just kind of been what I do. And I have this YouTube channel that I was building on the side, just kind of sharing my personal journey in entrepreneurship and with social. And over time, the audience really grew. The Freelance Friday podcast was introduced in 2018. And people really loved that content. I was hearing from a lot of freelancers who wanted to learn how to do the same thing or even in-house people who are looking to grow their skills as a video creator or a marketer. So I do a lot of online education now. YouTube is a big part of my job. I post videos on there twice a week. I have the podcast and, of course, the courses. So we have a few different courses. Some are more aimed towards social media strategy. But the Video Lab is one that we're launching now, which is all about how to get started doing video specifically with the tech and kind of the overwhelm of it all, which can scare people away. But I just think it is so, so important to invest in a video marketing strategy. I love that your background really in your career was as a writer, because that's exactly where I started as well. I was a copywriter for a long, long time before I ever found social media. And so many people that are listening right now who have been in social media for a while have really specialized in the craft of writing, right? You think about the early days of Twitter and LinkedIn, and Facebook. It was all the written word, right? It was all about creating great content to get engagement, or it was about creating posts that were designed to 
get people to take action through telling story and so on and so forth. I agree with you that we are now moving towards an era where video seems to be like the dominant way that a lot of these platforms want us to communicate. Like Mark Zuckerberg recently told his team, focus on video, focus on video. It's obvious that Instagram is becoming a video first platform. And it seems that all the other social platforms are moving towards video. So what do you want to say to the marketers that are listening right now and or the businesses that are a little skeptical about why video should be kind of front and center in their strategy? Yeah. Video, in addition to audiences' needs changing and you know our attention spans being shorter, again, it's not to say that people don't read blogs or people don't read, but the industry as a whole, people are looking to consume things in a different way, I think. But in addition to that, video is an SEO strategy. And I think it's really important that we don't forget about an SEO type of content. There's so many exciting things going on with short form, quick moving content, which is great. I'm all for those as well, experimenting with those as well. But I don't see a lot of people investing in the longer form content that's really going to help you rank. I mean, my course business, at least, really has been built through YouTube. Without YouTube, you know, I don't think that I would have created any courses. And my top performing videos are videos that are, you know, four years old sometimes that are still bringing in new leads for me. I created that video once and I'm still benefiting from them today. So it's really an investment, I think. And I want to echo that. We've been investing at Social Media Examiner pretty heavily into our YouTube channel. And I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I think very, very big numbers. And as far as like 400,000 monthly views or something like that on our channel and We've got about, you know, 200,000 subscribers. The numbers are crazy. What I love about YouTube in particular is they seem to go out of their way to find you an audience, right? Where with Instagram and Facebook, that's rare. It's true that with Reels, for example, if you create a really compelling short video, you can get a really long tail on that video. But I love the fact that, you know, in particular, YouTube is something so many of us overlook. We don't even think about it when we think about social So let's talk about your video content strategy, because I think that so many people create video without a strategy, (laughs) you know, and it's probably because they're doing it in stories and they disappear in 24 hours and they're just in a habit of doing it. But I like thinking strategically in the grand scheme of things, if we can bring strategy to the table as marketers, to our clients and to our businesses, we're going to be rewarded for it because of the long upside of it. So what is your video content strategy? Yeah. So there's really a few different pieces to it. The first is you have to determine what your topic or what your keyword or what your content pillars are really going to be. I think a lot of people are familiar with the term content pillars, but for those who aren't, it's really just your topics or your buckets of content that are going to support your overall message. And this is really important because it's going to avoid having you just kind of throw things at the wall and be sort of all over the place. You really want people to look at your videos and associate you with whatever that term might be, whether that's freelancing or restaurants or, you know, whatever the topic is that you really want to rank for and be known for. So start there, start determining what exactly that is going to be. And then I think even deeper than just having pillars or categories of content, you want to really hone in on a keyword, at least when it comes to YouTube in particular. If you type in social media manager on YouTube, 
you're going to see a lot of my videos pop up. And that's done by design. It's done through titles, through the metadata, the description box of the videos, and just the types of content that I'm posting, because I knew that was an audience that I really wanted to hone in on. So start there. Start by deciding on your topic and your pillars. Okay, cool. And we probably should talk about, at a macro level, part of your strategy is to start with long form, right? I mean, you mentioned YouTube, but let's like back up the train a little bit and explain why, you know, we should start with long form and how all this other stuff connects. Maybe you can just kind of, at a macro level, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, YouTube is great in particular because it is SEO content. I mean, YouTube is owned by Google. So again, if you type in social media manager, whatever term you want to into Google, you're going to start to see videos pop up as well. And that's not the case for the other social platforms, at least not yet. Now, there are talks of TikTok being crawled by Google eventually, but that's going to take a while. I still have my doubts about that just because YouTube is still a Google product. So that's going to be the best place to go for searchable content. You brought up a great point, too, that YouTube really wants to find you an audience. They want people to stay on their platforms. So I think they do a really good job of helping you sort of find your people. And then the great thing beyond SEO is that it's easier to break up something big into something small than to do the reverse, than to like blow out a seven second TikTok and turn it into a long form piece of content. So I am really big on repurposing my YouTube videos. I mean, that's the only way that I am active on all the other platforms because we have to make smart decisions. We don't have all the time in the world. So start with a longer form piece of content and you can easily turn that into a podcast. You can turn that into a smaller social content. You can turn that into a blog, into social captions and so many different things. So I definitely recommend starting with YouTube and then kind of breaking it up from there. Okay. So just kind of at a macro level to summarize what I'm hearing you say, start with longer form video specifically on YouTube, because that's the platform that seems to embrace and distribute longer form content and decide a niche, a category, a keyword, a pillar, as you call it, that you want to dominate in and start making your content around that. And then after you've done that, you can take those longer videos and you can essentially edit them down into shorter videos that you can publish on the socials. Is that kind of what I'm hearing at the macro level? Absolutely. Yep. So Let's start with the long form concept. How long is long form in your mind? Like how long are the videos that you're creating or that you're advocating to your students that they create? Yeah, I would say a minimum of about eight minutes because that's going to give you your maximum ad time. If that's something that you're interested in, including mid-roll ads on YouTube at some point. So between eight minutes and 20, 30, although it depends, of course, on what you're looking to produce. So I share Monday videos are usually like a tip or a tutorial. Those might be 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, I would say. Fridays, I actually post my podcast on YouTube as well. So, you know, podcasts can be longer. Sometimes they're up to 30, 40 minutes, just depending on the subject matter. There really is no limit. YouTube doesn't give you an upload limit. And there really is no right or wrong answer for how long a video should be, because it really is just going to depend on your audience. So look at your analytics as you're posting videos and see how long people are sticking around. Pay attention to that qualitative data as well and what people are commenting. Are they complaining that it's really slow? You know, the content's moving really slow. Well, then you might want to 
speed it up a little bit and get a little bit more choppy with your editing. So you're going to have to pay attention to your viewer's behavior a little bit to determine the, the perfect time. But for me, it's, you know, between 10 and 30 minutes, generally speaking. For folks that are regular followers of Social Media Examiner, we do what Latasha recommends. We typically have one video a week that's really polished in studio filmed typically not with me, but with some other expert that we've flown into studio. And those are typically like eight to 12 minutes and sometimes as long as 15 minutes, depending on what it is we're covering. And we're just covering marketing topics, right? And then every Friday we have our live show, which is very tight. It's typically 20 to 30 minutes. And then we have also this particular show that those are watching live on YouTube, not live, but you know, scheduled on YouTube or listening to the podcast. So recently we began the idea of recording these in audio and video, and that started at episode 499 of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. What we've discovered, and I don't know if you've discovered this as well, Latasha, the longer the video, the longer people tend to watch. Like the shorter the videos, people are in and out. But our 20 to 45 minute videos, people are spending a lot more time on the platform. And even though the average time like on a 10 minute video might only be three minutes and the average time on a 20 minute video might be seven to nine minutes. And the average time on a 45 minute video might actually be longer. And it's kind of fascinating, but the longer people watch your videos, the more YouTube goes out of their way to show other people your videos. You find that to be true as well? I absolutely agree. What I've noticed with the podcast in particular is the podcast episodes do a really good job of recommending other videos of mine. So you kind of get in this loop of, you know, oh, next thing, you know, there's another podcast episode being recommended. And I know that's how I watch YouTube. I put it on on my TV and in the background when I'm working or whatever, and just kind of let it do its thing. So I think there is a lot of value in that even longer form content than the standard, you know, 15 minute YouTube video. And the other thing that I'll say about that is it really helps with the audience relationship. When you are sitting down and having an hour long conversation with someone, you feel like you get to know them a whole lot more than if you just have a really quick, Hey, how's the weather type of conversation with someone. Right? So it's the same for video. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about a platform like YouTube is it really does help move people down your sales funnel because they're feeling like they get to know you really well. They're seeing you, they're hearing your voice and they're able to interact with you as well, which some of the other platforms just don't have that level of community that YouTube provides. And for those of you that are audio listeners, you'd be surprised there's a whole audience that cannot listen to talking heads, but they will watch talking heads. I've recently discovered this. Like there's some people where they want to watch it and they want the captions on. And for whatever reason, they learn better when they're watching it as if it's television, you know? And there are some people that prefer to listen and it's just an audience you might be skipping by only doing audio for those of our listeners who are only podcast listeners. You know, there's this whole audience that loves to watch and for whatever reason for them, that's the way that they learn. So let's dig into topics a little bit. You talked about a little bit about these pillars and stuff. Anything else we need to understand? Because perhaps there's some people that have no idea what in the world they would talk about. Yeah. Maybe you can share some examples of people that have been your students or that you've coached or whatever on how they can come up with topics to talk about because they might be clueless as to what to do. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, like with many 
social media strategies, you want to start with your business goal, actually. So figure out why are you wanting to do YouTube? Is it to sell courses? Is it to, you know, generate leads for your service-based business? Is it to, you know, maybe turn your existing clients into advocates or provide them customer support if you do have a product and you're looking to share demos or tutorials or something like that with your SaaS product, perhaps. So figure out what that goal is going to be first, because that's going to help you determine what you want to say and how you want to say it. So let's just say, you know, I do, like I said, I, a lot of my clients are SaaS products, really. So for a lot of them, of course, part of it is new customer acquisition. So we're going to make sure that we do some of that higher level strategy content and try to get inside of their audience's heads. You know, if I am looking for a lead generation tool, what types of questions am I typing into Google and YouTube to figure out how to generate leads, right? So we're going to be sharing some of that higher level content, that business strategy, business development type content that gets them into our sales funnel and makes them know who we are first. And then we can sort of move them down the funnel with some product specific tutorials after that. But for a lot of them, some of their goals are also just to turn their existing customers into advocates and really support them. So we're producing a lot of tutorials, helping people learn how to take the software to the next level. So yeah, it really is dependent on what you want to do or what you want your YouTube channel to do for you. And let's just say you have a more general topic. Maybe you know you want to create a YouTube channel about marketing. Well, start just Googling. That's always where I start is typing things into the YouTube search box and see what comes up. There's also tons of tools out there like Answer the Public and BuzzSumo and some of these tools that you can actually get some more data on what people are searching for to kind of spark some ideas. But I think it really is important to understand sort of what the landscape of YouTube is like as well and what some of the trending topics are on YouTube and see if that kind of sparks anything. If you're selling something, which everyone who's listening to this podcast probably is, they're selling a course or they're selling consultancies or they're selling software or they're selling hardware products or they're selling, you know, consumer products and stuff. Should all of our content be specifically about the product? Do you understand where I'm going with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I don't believe so at all. You know, you really want to educate your audience and give them a little something first, which could mean, like I said, um, lead generation software. I'm not just going to go in with, hey, here's our software, buy this. I'm going to talk about the overall sales process, how to become a better salesperson or how to do some organic lead generation on your own before investing in a tool or a software. And the reason for this is that one, people aren't going to click on something that just looks like an ad. People really go to YouTube to be educated and to sort of be nurtured a little bit. So start by providing that value and to it, it's going to build that trust with them. You know, if you're not going in just automatically trying to sell, they're going to come back to your channel for more and they're not going to mind. In fact, they're going to trust you now and take your recommendations seriously when you do come in with an offer for them. Yeah. I find that educational content seems to work really, really well. And I would imagine just going along the lines of this software as a service company that specializes in lead generation if you think about who's looking for lead generation, it's marketers and salespeople, right? So if you could interview people on marketing and sales related tips and tricks and techniques, right? 
and it doesn't have to have anything to do with your lead generation software, but it becomes sponsored by software company X, right? Now, all of a sudden, at the very end, they might just say, and by the way, for everybody who wants to try out our software, here it is. And it doesn't really matter at all whether or not these videos are about your software. What it matters is whether or not it's attracting the right audience. Am I right? Absolutely. And attracting the right audience, that's the key there. Because people probably, if you're a new business or a lesser known company, people aren't searching for your business on YouTube, but they are searching for how to generate leads or a person. You know, if I interview somebody who's well known in the space, they might be searching for them. So use those terms, use those guests that you can bring on that are going to help draw people in instead of using your company name that nobody really knows yet. So let's assume a lot of the people listening buy into the idea that they should be doing more videos and they should be publishing them on YouTube. And quite a few maybe have already done so. Maybe we've got some decent videos that are performing very well on YouTube. I would love to talk about that repurposing, that breaking up those videos into smaller videos, because I believe so many people are not doing that. So how do we go about doing that? Share some thoughts on that, please. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first you want to determine which platforms you're going to repurpose to, which you're going to need to figure out who you're trying to talk to. I mean, hopefully you've thought about this a little bit with the YouTube strategy as well, but just go ahead and map that audience to the different social platforms. You know, if you're selling a B2B service or product, focus on LinkedIn perhaps, or even Twitter. If your target audience is very young, you know, Gen Z, maybe younger millennials, TikTok, you know, try that out. So figure out who you're trying to talk to and figure out the types of content you're going to need because all of those things are different, right? A LinkedIn video is still going to be that landscape style video, whereas you're going to need to get into vertical video if you're looking at Instagram and TikTok and some of those platforms. So figure out your audience first and decide which platforms you're going to be on. And then I really love using the tool Descript to actually do the heavy lifting of cutting up my content. This is a really cool tool that just enables you to pick your dimensions of your video and edit the words on screen. You don't really need to do a ton of manual editing. You simply like cut out the words that you don't want to be there, tell them the time limit that you want it to be, and it'll provide you a shorter repurposed version of your video. You can add captions and transcripts and graphics and all that cool stuff. So that's really where I like to start. I want to ask a few seconds about that. Mm -hmm. Descript is also a podcast editing app. Am I right or am I wrong on that? Yes. And they use artificial intelligence. I thought I heard once that if you said something wrong, you could go back into Descript and you could change what you said and will sound exactly as if you said it right. Is that correct? Yes, that's a newer feature. So yeah, they have a lot of cool things. I mean, the base function of it is that it gives you sort of a transcript of your audio or your video. And then let's say that I wanted to cut out that word, cut out. Yeah. I simply delete it on screen and it creates a jump cut for me in my video or my audio podcast. And then, yeah, one of the newer features that they've released is this. I, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's like an AI tool. So if I forgot to say, hey, subscribe to my YouTube channel, it's using what it knows of my voice and creating that for me, which is pretty cool. I think that's really cool. And if you could throw some B-roll over the top, they wouldn't even know that you weren't there saying it, right? Exactly. Yep, exactly. Because we're so used to on YouTube, I just put the text on screen if I forgot something, but now you can actually 
make it listenable for your audience as well. I love this. So with this Descript tool, do you just upload your video or do you just put the link to YouTube and it sucks it in kind of thing and then you can edit it? Yep. You upload your video and it's pretty fast. I mean, it takes just a few minutes to get all your transcripts loaded up in there and then you just simply make cuts where you want it to cut or really all you have to do is highlight the text that you want turned into a video. So if you have a 30 second sound bite that you want turned into an Instagram reel or an Instagram story, you just highlight it and copy it over and you do your thing. You make all the customizations you want. Do they allow you to do any video editing? You know what I mean? Like, can you throw an image over the top of it and stuff like that? Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. You can do some basic video editing functions. I mean, it's not going to give you all the robust color correction and all that stuff that like a Final Cut Pro would, but you can definitely do what most people need to do, at least to get started with video using Descript. That is so cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's say we've got this video that we know performed really well. We pulled it into Descript and it sounds like Descript will make vertical videos out of it if you need to, and it will allow you to kind of move in on the right part so you get the person in the frame, right? That kind of thing. Yep. And then what, does it output the different videos for you and then you're good to go? Yep. And then all you have to do is go ahead and build out your content calendar and upload them to the platforms that you want to post on. Okay. So is there anything else that we need to know about taking this longer form video, these YouTube videos and cutting them up outside of Descript? Do you use these shorter videos to try to get people back to longer videos and all that kind of stuff? Should we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say when you are building up any social platform, it's probably a mistake to try to take people away from that platform, at least when you're very new and you're still in that awareness phase of the funnel. So really focus on posting sound bites or clips that are going to be engaging and that are going to tell a story on their own. If people like them, if people take value from, you know, this 15 second TikTok, they'll find you. <laughs> you know, that's what I've learned. I still don't have a link in my TikTok, actually. I'm kind of afraid to do that. But people are finding me through TikTok. You know, people are coming to me on Instagram and on YouTube through my TikTok because I am giving them value in those short sound bites as it is. So focus just on nurturing those audiences first. Now, once you start to build a following on these other smaller platforms, I think then it's okay to just make sure that they know, hey, we post the podcast every Friday or whatever your YouTube schedule is going to be and kind of send them over using link stickers on Instagram or a link in your bio on TikTok and things like that. When you're going from long form video to short form video, for a lot of people, there's like, what in the world do I pick? You've got like a 10 minute video and you're trying to get it down to 30 seconds or you've got a 40 minute video. What's your thoughts or tips on how to find the best of it for the short form little pieces of content? Yeah, what I'll say about that is I think having this repurposing strategy has actually helped me become a better YouTube creator as well and a better YouTube outliner because now that I'm thinking, okay, I have to make sure I have at least a, you know, minute or less long clip. I am really outlining a lot better. So I'm breaking my points up, whereas it might've just been kind of like a bit of word stew before I have solid points that I make sure that I hit on, which means maybe point one can be a standalone clip 
or one of those other channels. So I think you'll kind of get into a groove of outlining your content in a way that allows for some natural breaks and that, you know, allows you to tell a story or actually provide some value just with a clip or two and not having to kind of say it all in this long video. Okay. So if you were making videos that have like four different tips and you say in one of the tips or someone, whoever's you're filming says something that's really like a rock solid, like quote, that's the kind of thing I would imagine you want to try to put in your shorter videos. Is that what you're essentially looking for? Absolutely. Yeah. You want to tell a story on its own. Tip one, find your audience, right? I can just share that on LinkedIn or TikTok or whatever channel I want to want to share that on. Now, of course, if they want the other four elements of building a content strategy or whatever the entire video is, well, then they're going to need to go over to the longer form piece of content. But even without doing so, they still have learned something from that first tip or from that soundbite from my guest. Got it. Okay. So, so far we've talked about how longer form video is really important and how the easiest platform to publish it on is YouTube. We talked about how you should try to zoom in, zone in, whatever the right phrase is to your content pillars, hone in, you know, to a keyword and start creating this content. Should we take all of our content and make short form content out of it that's long? Or should we only take the stuff that performs really well on YouTube and make short form content out of it? What's your thoughts on that? You know, I don't think that leveraging only the things that perform on YouTube is the strategy because I've definitely been surprised about what performs on one channel versus the other. I think you just have to test them, get some good data under your belt, meaning test a few different formats. Maybe you test the podcast, you test the tutorial, you test maybe a funny style video, whatever, and see what is performing on which shorter channels. For instance, I've learned that actually the interviews don't really do so well on TikTok. It has to really be me giving quick tips and advice, quick points that people can learn from. You'll learn that over time. But again, it really is dependent on your audience. So test everything and then actually look at the data from those individual social channels as opposed to YouTube only. Okay, so let's talk about publishing frequency because... I would imagine a lot of people are like, this sounds like a lot of work. How <laughs> creating longer form content for some people is harder than creating shorter form content just because it's really easy to just create something on stories, you know, in 30 seconds or whatever. But the idea of sitting down in front of a camera and potentially a setting and all that stuff is freaky, crazy for some people. So, and if the core of this is to create the long form content, the other side of it is like, whoa, I've got to have something to talk about. That's more than 60 seconds. Right. Yeah. So how often should we publish the longer form content? And then what if one video has potentially many little short pieces of content inside of it? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I would imagine that's what you do. I would imagine some of your best videos have more than one little short piece of content. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and real quick, what you said about, you know, sitting in front of all the tech, what I want to say is, especially in the beginning, just put something, you know, done is really is better than perfect. Some of my top performing YouTube videos are webcam videos. <laughs> They're not even using my big fancy cameras. They're me sharing my screen or just talking to my webcam. So try not to be intimidated by the tech part of it all. And just do what you need to do to get yourself on a regular schedule on YouTube. In an ideal world, that would be one video a week. That might not be possible for you. Do whatever you can That's on a consistent basis, whether that's one a month or two a month. But ideally, one a week would be great. 
And then assuming you're doing that, yeah, make sure that you find two to three pieces of social content from that one video. I think that's totally doable for most people, especially if it's a, you know, 15, 20 minute long video. And then the social channels do require a little bit more consistency, I think, or frequency rather than YouTube. YouTube does really well with one video a week. LinkedIn also, I think you don't have to feed it quite as much because it's a smaller platform, but a platform like Twitter or TikTok or Instagram that moves really quickly, you are going to want to make sure that you have, you know, two to three pieces of social content to sort of feed into that to make up a weekly content calendar. There are some people listening right now that are like, okay, this sounds interesting. It sounds exciting to me. Creating content on YouTube, repurposing that content on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, dot, dot, dot. However, for some of them, they're struggling to make the connection between just creating content and ultimately how it's going to help the business. Can you connect the dots from the marketing side of things? Is there some stuff we should inject into these videos that takes certain people to a call to action? Is there none of that we should do, like help people understand the marketing connection between the content and ultimately how it helps the business? Really great question. So glad you bring that up. YouTube is responsible for my entire email list. I I don't share my lead magnet or my lead magnet is basically just a a small PDF, a short kind of ebook that helps people understand how to take first steps in becoming a social media manager. So we put them into a nurture sequence, an email sequence that leads them down the funnel to programs and, and digital products that they can purchase. And I don't talk about that lead magnet anywhere. I don't use any ads to drive to it. It simply lives in the description box of my YouTube videos. And again, when we go back to, you know, should all of your videos be sales content? Absolutely not. If you are providing value in this 10 minute video, I'm teaching you, I don't know how to use Twitter or whatever the video topic is. And you say, wow, I learned a lot from this person. You're going to see that invitation to join my sales funnel through a lead magnet, and you're going to download it without me even asking you. And so that's really how my email list was built and how I recommend starting is just develop a lead magnet, develop an entry point to your sales funnel that people are going to want. That's going to be related to the topics you're talking about. That's really important. Going back to topic, you know, you don't want to be all over the place and just kind of sharing anything that interests you of the day or else it's going to kind of break that flow. So develop a lead magnet, you'll start to build emails that way. And then you can really sell. I do most of my selling through emails or through live events that I invite people to through email. You can, of course, you know, depending on your product or service, maybe that instead of a traditional lead magnet, you're using a free trial to your product. Those work really well. Or you're offering a free discovery call if you're doing one-to-one services. But having those things in your description box makes it really easy for people to take the next step. So what I'm hearing you say is that there's a decent amount of people that watch your videos and just are curious and they expand that description box and they take a look at the different services that you have to offer or the freebies that you have to offer in your case. And then they go ahead and they opt in. What about when you're taking these videos and making short videos out of them and publishing them on the socials? Thoughts on how that could also be done there? Yep, absolutely. Same thing, more or less. You know, you're building up your platforms on whichever social platforms these are going to be. 
that might be a link in bio. I just create it on my website. It's like latashajames.com slash links, or you can use a link tree. That's going to have the same thing. You're going to have your lead magnet in there if people want to download it, or maybe, you know, your podcast of the week or wherever you want people to go. And by building up those social platforms, you're building your awareness. You're getting in front of people who may not know who you are otherwise. And again, if they're finding value in what you're having to say, they're going to click on that link. They're going to find a way to get in touch with you. And even like I said, with TikTok, I don't even have a link on that platform, but people are enjoying what they're seeing and they're Googling me or they're finding me some other way. They're going to want to if you really are providing that valuable content. Latasha, thank you so much for answering all of my questions. If people want to discover more about Latasha James, where do you want to send them? Where can they discover you on YouTube, off YouTube, wherever you want to send them? Yeah, absolutely. YouTube, you can just search my name, Latasha James. On social, I'm at the Latasha James everywhere. And I've also set up a landing page just for the social media marketing podcast listeners, which is latashajames.com slash SME, which has more video specific information if you want to dive a little bit deeper with that. Awesome. That was latashajames.com slash SME. Did I get that right? Correct. Awesome. Latasha, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Have a great day. You too. If you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 509. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast app. If you've been a longtime listener, would you let your friends know about this show? I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.